Some movies are highbrow, some movies are lowbrow. Welcome to Highbrow Lowbrow. I'm Cooper Gagan. I'm Josh Kirschenbaum. This week we're doing a no-brow episode. Normally we take a uh, topic and we find two movies that fit that topic, one highbrow, one lowbrow, and we compare them. But every other week we're kind of just going through current events, topics that we have in our mind, yeah, and really anything else. Just really stuff that you know we we think could be fun to talk about, but aren't necessarily going to fit into you know because the concept of the show pretty specific. Got to find those those two movies. So, yeah, and uh, it, uh, it disqualifies virtually every movie. And yeah, yeah we got to hope that we just sort of naturally stumble into another another topic if we want to talk yeah. about. So, if, if you do have suggestions for topics, find us at HBLB Podcasts on uh, Instagram or Facebook and let us know. Yeah, shoot us a message. Uh, oh, we'd love to take some requests. And I will say, if anybody ever writes in with a question we will will read it on air yeah contact us in any way and we will like we will we will build an episode around if you here. find us in the street and ask us a question we will read it on air that is true yeah that is true uh so one dive right into some of these topics let's do it okay so the uh the news of the day that happened very recently is tom brady unretired <laughs> uh very frustrating for people who are sick of being terrorized by him in the nfl but he retired two months ago and then recently he just posted on twitter out of nowhere uh, that he belonged on the field. He's coming back. Everyone's going, you know, I mean, just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, this fucking guy. Um, I was going to come right out the gate with a joke about how, oh, I guess we're going right. We're not doing entertainment news anymore. But then I realized this is like a tacit, it's a tacit agreement <laughs> that football is just for entertainment. It's only value. <laughs> value is entertainment. So now I'm on board with it. I like it. You got it. Um, and I got, I mean, Okay, you know, I was going to go a tangent about it, but this is not a football podcast. Uh, it has just, just been an absolutely insane week of weird shit going on in the NFL. A lot of, uh, um, like, a lot of weird trades, a lot of weird this and that. So, uh, you know, you be, you football football boys at home, football boys, football people at home, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> at, at, at him. At him. Uh, let me know. What do you think about all the weird stuff? Like, you know, like the Russell Wilson and, uh, and Calvin Ridley and all that. Yeah. So. But the thing that the this actual thing. actually reminds me of, because the, the reason it kind of we added it is because it just reminds me of a thing that directors do a lot and actors do, where they'll retire and unretire back right. and forth a lot. Yeah. Although the difference between sports and directing is that there is a actual hard limit on when you must retire in sports, and it is important for like the whole sports league and stuff. Right. Actors can retire and unretire at whenever will. they want. It's at, like right. So like it's important for what, if Tom Brady's retired or not for like you know the salary cap, how much money he gets, you know what the, how much money he's owed, what the league is doing, like roster numbers, and also you know like like you said, like there's going to be a point where physically he can't do it. Yeah, like I know it's weird that he's like forty five or whatever, and he's still playing, or he's like forty. He's he's old for a football player. Yeah. Um, but eventually his body will not be able to make the throws, or yeah. he'll be hit, and his like knee will give. Like it just, I'm not wishing him injury, but eventually you can't play football. Yeah, so that's why it's surprising that he's unretiring because he is old. But I always find it funny when directors or actors or whoever make right. public statements about how they're retiring from the industry. I'm just never believe them because they can and always also, come back literally whenever they want. And also, yeah, there's no season for it. It doesn't matter who cares i don't care whether you're retired or not right it's not like they were with a company for 30 years and they got a gold watch and you know are not there anymore and they don't have their key card or whatever they can just call up especially if they're like a very successful actor or director yeah just why, call up their buddies and make into the movie yeah why paint yourself in a corner like that yeah but you do have a few so, i mean i think to me the most famous one is soderbergh yeah who was retired for i think four years five years which less? is significant oh yeah but he just during that time he just directed the nick yeah, which so we we still got not really retired, right? He right. He's only he retired from movies because he couldn't make the kind of movies he wanted to. It was like that moment where things were really bad for the mid to low budget movie, and then he bought an iPhone, right? And he was like, "Oh, <laughs> what's this? Oh, uh, and so he yeah he directed the Nick, which I think is uh, um, really unique. Like you should see the Nick if if you have. I've it. seen the first episode. It's it, it's very well directed, very interesting show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he just like, you know, he just, he just came back and everyone's like, Oh my God, what amazing story has brought back. Like, what does he have? To, and then it was just Logan Lucky, which is like a fun little caper. I like Logan yeah, Lucky. Go move, and people forget that Soderbergh just works. I love that Soderbergh, <laughs> you, he'll never do what you expect him to, but not in the same way. <laughs> like he came back with this like very, like, like just NASCAR Ocean's Eleven. Yeah. And it was a good movie. I love, I love, well directed, amazing, like all good stuff. I think everyone thought like he was going to come back with like his like Schindler's List or whatever. And he, you know? He's never going to do that. 
He already did that. It's Schizopolis. <laughs> I was going to say traffic is probably the closer, but oh, like yeah. that's not even nearly as like you know important as uh, Schindler's List, a movie I haven't seen. Yeah, um, Schizopolis is very good. I like that movie a I, lot. I've heard. Actually, I thought about grabbing it in the latest Criterion sale. Ended up. Uh, Ended up not making the cut. He has this one. There's this one scene of him just make, talking to himself in a mirror that I'll watch on YouTube semi regularly because it's just insane. It's kind of like in your know, Wanderlust. The uh, you're going to take that dick. Yeah, yeah. The scene. Where, hold on, hold on. Let me let me <laughs> let me explain what happens in that scene for the viewers at home. Uh, it, Paul Rudd is about to cheat on his wife, and because they're in this, no, they're in an open relationship. There you go. Uh, because they're in this like hippie Paul comedy. Rudd would never do that. He's shot. psyching himself up in the mirror, trying to act all like sexy, but it's funny. He's not like going up to a woman and, uh, out of the blue and saying that. Yeah, he's trying to psych himself up to have sex with Malin Ackerman, who's in the other room. Right, and he's just sort of like it just gets ridiculous. <laughs> he just starts doing like I mean, it seems like it's a very long improv take, but he's just like psych- starts psyching himself up, gets into a weird accent, then gets into a weirder accent, and then yeah. Jordan Peele walks in. He's like, "You good?" <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, you were saying Sitopolis. Oh, he just does another scene where he, like, he's making weird faces in a mirror. He's great. Soderbergh is just a, uh, one of a kind, like just workaholic machine of a, of a person. And like yeah. his, his batting average, I think is still quite, I think high considering he makes so much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, he's all over the place. The thing is like, you can't really fault him for making a bad movie when he makes 30 movies every right. minute. I know to make a, a bad comparison. Cause like this person is super canceled, but like Woody Allen made yeah. a movie a year from 1969 up until he got canceled. There's a good, I mean, his batting average isn't super high, but he still has like a ton of classics in there just because he made a movie a year for 40, 50 years. Yeah. You know? Uh, which is hard. I couldn't do that. No, um, I can't do that now. Nobody will let me. No. Uh, Soderbergh, Actually, I think has a kind of a he's had this cool little late career resurgence, just knocking like Unsane is kind of a weird little thriller, and then yeah. you, had, you know High Flying Bird, which I really like, which I think you were I, liked a little bit. I think I would have liked it if I knew anything about basketball, basketball but yeah. I found it impossible right. to understand or care about. I know like the minimum amount of basketball needed to uh, spend time with heterosexual men and talk to them about it, which yeah. is not very much. I should learn that much about right. Basketball. It's like a little bit. Uh, like if you, if you get a Twitter account, people will tell you about things. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, I think that one's really great. And then he's kind of done these like weird little thrillers on HBO Max recently. No, uh, uh, no sudden move, which is supposed to be very good. And Kimmy, oh, he, which is Kimmy, great. yeah, Kimmy looks interesting. I read it, the synopses. It's great. It's it's basically Rear Window, except instead of seeing something, she hears. Uh, she, her whole thing is she like listens to what people say to their Alexa, which is Kimmy, and then like like reprograms based on that, mm-hmm. and she hears what she thinks is a crime. Right. Right, uh, which is very good. It's like a kind of just a smart little thriller. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, unless you have any more retirement talk, that's actually a very which good Which really segue. turned into more of Soderbergh talk. Right, just turned into <laughs> Soderbergh talk. Uh, we can, we, we can, I mean, well, because there's some actors who, like Gene Hackman retired in 2004 and never told anybody. He just sort of did. Yeah. And he's just Welcome been, to Mooseport was his last movie. Which is a shame because like Royal Tannenbaum. We should do been, Welcome like, to Mooseport somehow. I don't know how we can do that. I don't know what that movie's about enough. The, if I remember okay, I know what the plot of Welcome to Mooseport okay. is. It is he, he's the former president who reti- Of the United States of America? I believe so, yes. Okay. Uh or he's like a former senator or something. I know that's a big of difference. The United States of America? Yes, the one and the same. And he, uh, he, he, he like retires to Mooseport and then runs for mayor because he like wants to be in charge of stuff against like Ray Romano, who is just, I think Ray Romano, who is just like a guy who election? lives in Mooseport. Is election highbrow? I think so. So that'd be that, a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. Elections. Yeah. Yeah. Highbrow, lowbrow elections. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I don't know who is another like retired and come back or like just weird high profile retirements. Cause like, cause you're right. Like with I Phil, like you can just kind of like Scorsese could retire and come back. He yeah. could. And also he's like a million years old and he's just directing the hell out of shit. You know, I know there's some like actors who just kind of stopped. Um, um, like, I think I remember hearing on a podcast. Oh, Quentin like, Tarantino is going to, well, he has his like 10 movie plan, right? He's going to make 10 and then he's going to like teach. Uh, apparently Michael Caine announced he was retiring at one point. Robert Redford called his retirement announcement a mistake. Oh yeah. Uh, I think Michael Sheen mentioned he was going to like step back from acting and do political things, but ended up not doing it. Miyazaki said he's going to retire. Okay. Well, Miyazaki said he was going to retire after 1997. Miyazaki right. has said he's going to retire after every movie. And I think he, keeps he coming back. might be what I was talking he's about. He's the most famous example I can think of, but also he is just like a noted grump. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, noted grump. <laughs> I mean, also like, Maybe the single greatest film artist ever. Certainly in animation, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, his batting average is 100. It's 100. Or 1,000. I don't know what's good in baseball. I don't 
Uh, one thousand. One would be the bet. one. Well, because I think batting a thousand, yeah, because like it's like point okay. fifty. Yeah, it's like point five hundred. So uh, batting five hundred is point five hundred. Right. So it's yes, weird like, that they use do decimals wrong. Right. It's it would be batting a thousand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred. Like I, there's not a single batting a hundred would be if you had one good movie out of ten. <laughs> like his, I, I, even if it's like the worst thing you can say about it is some of his movies you think are just solid, and then but really he's got like seven masterpieces. Yeah. It's insane. They're all very um, good. And he's making a new one that I'm very excited for called How Do You Live? <laughs> so he's How really do you live? Tackling the big issues. Yeah, cool. Um, um, yeah, that's a big one. And also, it's just, it's just, <laughs> it's, just it's grumpy. It, you're right. It's just him being grumpy. Like, I hate all of you. I'm not going to make give you any more good movies. And he's like, well, I can't help it. I have to make more movies. <laughs> There's some really great um, quote where uh, the Demon Slayer anime movie. Yeah. Um, made like a zillion dollars and like was oh, yeah. on track to beat spirited away for the top grossing movie in Japan. Uh, and like some reporter like found him taking out the trash <laughs> and like, was like, what do you think about that? And he was just like, I don't, like it was the most, it's not like angry. He didn't curse him out, but he was just sort of like, I don't care about that. I'm an old man taking out trash. That's like, let funny. me take out my trash. That's very <laughs> like, funny. I just don't care. I like that he takes out his own trash. Yeah. He just like lives in a small house. Like, with, like he's just like, he's like a monk basically. I don't know. Yeah. But he's just sort of like a cranky old man who like lives in a small house. <laughs> And makes the best movies. Sounds of all like time. a character in one of his own movies. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, so, uh, um, the reason Kimmy was a good segue to another topic, and I'll, I'll guess because I think it's a good segue, we can skip to this one. Let's talk about Jimmy Stewart. Oh, right. <laughs> why did this? Oh, because we were talking about why we have never been able to do a Christmas movie because we'd have to do It's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life or something, and I hate It's a Wonderful Life because right, I hate, hate Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart. Same thing with We Can't Ever Do Rear Window in Disturbia, which is like a one-to-one. I think we can. I will just have to tie my hands behind my back <laughs> regarding how much I hate Jimmy Stewart. So maybe this is a good opportunity for you to get... Cooper, the floor is yours. Please tell us why you hate America. I just America's- think he's a bad actor, and he does the same goddamn annoying voice. His voice is just grating, and I hate it. And then in It's a Wonderful Life specifically, it's just a man who just refuses to accept happiness in his life and then bitches about it constantly. And then there's like a whole movie about how he's the best guy ever because he just refuses to do anything that would make his life better. And then he just like, I don't know, he just sounds like a fucking whiny asshole. I don't know. Like, I just don't want to hear his voice ever. <laughs> he's like the reverse John Wayne like I don't <laughs> but you also hate John Wayne yes for the <laughs> similar reason that he's bad at acting he has a dumb voice and he doesn't do anything other than that uh, I'm glad I'm glad you got that out of the system I, I disagree with like all of it except for, like John Wayne I'm not a huge John Wayne guy yeah um, I think I've seen like one he's been in a couple good movies I, I don't think he's good in them yeah I've seen, I've seen he's, I like the shootest that's the movie he's like a yeah. lot I mean, I've seen Real Bravo, which I like a lot, and um, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, where right. he's acting across which, from Jimmy Stewart, yes. and that movie is incredible. I might, I might just have an aneurysm if I watch that movie. Maybe if you just see that movie, you'll like, will like expunge the hatred. Maybe if I watch it with just subtitle, like closed captions, <laughs> you'll be able to hear it. Or if there, is, there like a, is there like, like, like a, a is there like a dubbed version like they do for <laughs> anime? I think you, okay. What you'd have to do is learn another language. Oh. And watch yeah, the I have dubbing. To find, I have to find the Spanish dub of it because I like speak enough Spanish that I right. Think, that's well, what you do. I don't really speak enough Spanish. At one point in my life, I did speak enough Spanish to watch a movie in Spanish. So you learn Spanish and then you seek out the dub. Yeah, and you watch the Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, which is an incredible movie. That's how we do it. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's like funny because like I adore Jimmy Stewart. I think he's such a good actor. I think he's so funny, like so charismatic. I just love find him voice. so unlikable. I love. I don't understand. Like that's Mr. Smith. You know what that man did? He went to Washington. I haven't actually seen that movie. The movie's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say that about every Jimmy Stewart movie that I've seen that I can think of. Um, I yeah. mean, I love him. In that. He's great in Rope as like the professor. I would like to see Rope. Rope's good. Um, the he, I mean, obviously, I love him. It's a Wonderful Life. I love him. Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Anatomy of a Murder. He's is like just in such a performance because he's like playing. Is that also Hitchcock? No, no. that's Otto Preminger. Oh, okay, but he's playing against like. The whole point is he's all shucks Jimmy Stewart, mm-hmm. but he's actually like a very, very like cutthroat lawyer who is like, that's just sort of his demeanor to like disarm people. Oh, interesting. Like he's like a very, that's like sort of his like put on, he's, you know, he's like, oh, I'm just a country lawyer, but he's actually just like a really like clever and like a cerebral person. Oh, interesting. Really interesting. Uh, and then like the opposite is, you know, Harvey where he sees the rabbit, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good movie, by okay. the way. I don't Wait, know. Wait, is Harvey the name of the rabbit in Dying Darko? I 
don't know it's Frank. Oh, it's Frank. Frank yeah, is the yeah, Dino yeah. Dino. For a second, I was going to wonder if that was a reference, but it seems like it's not. No, no, no. Dino Dargo, interesting movie. I don't know. Yeah, I, we have to watch it. I know. It would be. We have I, to watch it for this podcast because I just want to rewatch it. Yeah. I, I would be. I would be very curious to go back to it because Richard Kelly's been retired since uh, 2011, basically. Mm hmm. Uh, with like the box or twenty two thousand nine, whatever. So like, and he was like Donnie Darko was like a phenomenon, and he's just kind of gone now. Wait, the box is that a TV show about like Pandora's box? No, it was, was a movie. Yeah, it was a movie that it was. So Richard Kelly did direct, wrote and directed Donnie Darko. Yeah. Then he writes and directs uh, Southland Tales, a movie right. that is an insane, bizarre mess. We that have I to do it because you keep on mentioning it. I just think I'll be honest. I caught it on TV in high school when I was like, "This movie is uh, wild." But it, this isn't like a like Soccer Punch. I think is legitimately God great. Southland pa- Tales You're is just so sort of dumb. might just be great. You're the worst person. <laughs> it just <laughs> makes me upset that I know you when you say you like Soccer Punch that much. I it's not a bit. I promise. For those of you, I'm not worse. making a joke. It should be a bit. I legitimately think Su- Zack Snyder's Soccer Punch is a is a great movie. I it is admittedly problematic for all the reasons you've heard. I think it's also kind of brilliant. Um, the Southland Tales, b- bizarre and strange and messy, but I think has some interesting stuff in there. And then he did the box, which is the um, you know, the short story. Someone comes to your house, press this button, someone you don't know will die, you'll oh, get a million dollars. Yeah, it's that. Oh, cool. But he Richard Kelly's it up, so there's like aliens and shit. No oh, fun. Yeah, fun. Franklin Jell's the guy with the box. Oh yeah, yeah. Noted large man, <laughs> Franklin Jell. <laughs> Noted large man. <laughs> anyway, I, that's all. I mean, I don't know. I it's just all the only larger point of the Jimmy Stewart talk is that uh, sometimes we just there's an actor d- who just doesn't speak to you. Yeah. And that's, and we just, we, we had to, we had to have it out on air here <laughs> so that we can maybe do rear window. Yeah. Maybe which, we'll, we'll get to it. I think we'll do it. We'll just like, we'll just say, I've already said my piece on this episode about how much I hate Jimmy Stewart and we can do rear window. Yeah. And we'll just, it'll just be like, we'll just do like, yeah, hi bro, low bro, Shia. And just the empty, <laughs> the empty space where a man should be in yeah. rear window. <laughs> I like have him rotoscoped. I have a copy of that. And he's rotoscoped out. You just like uh, where's the Seinfeld vision? That's the Seinfeld vision. Him out <laughs> from like Thirty Rock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's all. I adore Jimmy Stewart. You don't. I'm glad we could still be friends. Yeah. I feel like there was another actor who was like that. That I hate and you don't. Oh, that does feel very familiar. That you just like can't stand. Yeah, I mean, there's John Wayne, but I was, I'm not a huge John Wayne not, guy. Yeah, you don't like John Wayne that much. No, I mean, I don't, I like those two movies, but I have no connection to them. Yeah, um, can't think of it in the next second. We'll just move on. Yeah, we'll move All on. Right. It's fine. Um, so by the time this episode airs, we will be. It will be the day, before, two days before the Oscars. Right. It seemed like a nice time to just do a quick, uh, quick and dirty. What's some stuff you liked in 2021? Talk, you know. Oh, stuff that came out this year? In 2021. Why don't you start talking, That's Josh, while I go on my letterbox and see what I saw. I also famously don't ever see movies the year they come out. You don't so like I, them. In, you, don't, you don't like going to the theater. I, don't, it's, it's, I also just don't get around to going to the theater that much. I, I, I like doing stuff with my friends, so I like going to the theaters for that. Yeah. But um, oh, I, I go to the movies by myself all the time. Yeah, I, I did that earlier today. Yeah. Usually I'll see like maybe like... 15 movies the year they come out yeah and you see like 50 right how's your letterbox was it how many how many you you hitting the stats to see how many you got (laughs) i'm trying to find oh here we go 20 2022 is this year no (laughs) no no 2021 is last year okay i saw 25 that's not bad yeah what was what what's just some stuff that you you think would be fun to talk about what's like what's a good movie what what's a movie you really liked in 2021 i mean power of the dog is great yeah yeah oscar front runner yeah, you know, just one about probably gonna win. At I mean, least two, three, four. Yeah, maybe my I I think Power of the Dog is my only like five star movie from twenty twenty one. Yeah, but I will, and then I like Green Knight a lot. Green Knight, but great. I think that's not a hot take. I think most people liked it. Very well respected movie. I um, think Last Duel I think was my sleeper yeah. favorite movie from last year. I would one hundred percent agree with that because. I don't know. There wasn't a lot of talk about it, but I really, really liked it. It just came and went. And when I finally caught it, it just came to HBO Max. I mean, I had three five-star movies from 2021, and and The Last Duel was one of them. What was the other one? Uh, Zola and The French Dispatch. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not not great Oscar year for me just because they were all completely shut out. But, I mean, I knew Zola was obviously not going to be anywhere near the Oscars, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, did you ever see Zola? Mm-mm. Yeah, you like it. It's very human. Yeah, I need to see it. Uh, but the last duel. Let's talk about last duel because that movie is I like mean, sneakily like brilliant. Yeah, like, like the structure. Like the structure is cool. Like the structure sounds kind of hacky when yeah. you first hear about it because it's story from 
one guy's side, another guy's side, and the woman's side. Right. In like this story about mm-hmm. whether this woman was raped or not right. by uh, it's the guy's friend. It's kind of complicated. We don't have to do the whole breakdown. Yeah, but it's it's the same story done in three different perspectives. Like it's like right. Rashomon. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Rashomon thing, but I think a little more subtle than Rashomon. Right. Rashomon is like very much is this one very small like this thing happened in a span of like fifteen minutes. Yeah, and you just see it over and over again. Yeah, uh, and they're all ra- this is like a story that took place over years. And like, there's often the same thing with very subtle changes. Sometimes it's the same way, you know? Yeah. Or just like somebody looks at somebody and you see it even just, it, it is interesting even just seeing a shot from a different perspective. Yeah. How it changes the, how it changes, how it reads. Yeah. But, um, and then also just that duel, the last duel, the titular last duel it's is so brutal. good. Oh it's my crazy. God. I mean, it's Ridley Scott. We've, we've, we've talked about on the pod before. Yeah. Uh, who is, I mean, I think this is easily his best movie since Gladiator. Yeah, I think so too. It's funny because like it's almost too bad that this wasn't in more of a bro classic movie because if this movie was in a Gladiator style movie that a lot of kind of just like film film dudes would watch, yeah, then it would this would be remembered as one of the all time great like fight fights. scenes. Oh, absolutely. But because it's in the Last Duel, which is a much more nuanced take on kind of like believing women and kind of like it's, and, yeah, it's like got so much more going on and like just like like there's a lot going on to all these Yeah, characters. it's yeah. kind of ne- it's like it's on the end of this like very intense and hard to watch story about rape, rape which, which is, is horrible. Right. Not not so it's not something that and it's like it's kind of an artsy movie ish. Um, so it's just not, people aren't going to make it to the end to this incredible fight scene. Yeah. And so it's weirdly like this thing that should be in the history of great action scenes is, I don't know if it's going to get remembered that well. I really hope that it like finds an audience and builds and like people talk about it over the years. Cause like it really, I mean, especially in, it's such a huge entry into Ridley Scott's pantheon. I think he generally gets one truly great movie a decade and this is his for this one. Um, early got it in early because he's, he's getting up there yeah 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 um but you're right i mean that that was my take as well like i mean really memorable fight scene at the end really really smart about the ways it do you, know, do you ever hear the story about how they wrote that movie uh the three of them wrote it separately right right yeah if i remember correctly, it's uh, uh matt damon ben affleck and nicole hall of center yeah and each sec segment was written by a different one of right them. even though obviously they knew what the the yeah, they knew the be. overall story yeah so they actually kind of tried to like um, mechanically find a way for the stories to read differently. Yeah, and they really did. Which is smart. Yeah, it's yeah. great. Um, Jodie Comer as as the woman. She's is, really good. It was a big year for her. Oh, yeah. She's great in that. She's, uh, I really like her in Free Guy, which is like... Yeah. It's which ca- not a good movie. I like that movie. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think there are some fun elements of it, but I think it's overall not great. I, I really had fun with that movie. And also, like, she's great. And it's, I mean... Credit to her and credit to her. Like it's the kind of role that's probably usually in a lot of these kind of movies kind of vanquished. It's a lot of like Yeah, I think she's the standout in that she's for sure. Great. I mean I, I mean I like Ryan Reynolds a lot, but uh, uh <laughs> Ryan Reynolds might be kind of a Jimmy Stewart for me, where I just <laughs> hate him. <laughs> I I think I think he's probably a little overexposed right now, but yeah. like he's also, you know, he, he does his thing and I he's a he's a brand. He's great at it. Yeah, I think it's funny because I, I think I maybe if Deadpool didn't exist, I would like him more, mm-hmm. but because I don't I hate Deadpool so much. <laughs> And now he's kind of like he's kind of morphing into Deadpool as he goes on because that's just what he is most successful at. Yeah, I was I will give him credit that he supposedly was really the driving force for getting that movie made. That's cool. Like he really I like just like that. attached himself to that character. Thought hey, there was like a, a space in the culture for like this thing. And obviously, you know, Tim Miller and and uh, the writers for that movie who escaped me, but are well known writers. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a good story of him just like you know from a point where his career was maybe not as great as it is now he just saw what he should be and like fucking did it yeah i mean it's it was a if that was all just like a plan really canny move on his part because it really revitalized his career yeah and it's funny after he was already in he was in like the wrong wave of superhero movies because he was green lantern and he was in fucking he was deadpool in x-men origins wolverine but the character was like not deadpool Really? It was so. Yeah, I he, forgot he was in that. Yeah, he's Wade Wilson, who is. Oh, okay. Who is? Who is Deadpool? But like, the character is like just a guy, a guy with swords, and then at the end of the movie, they like literally glue his mouth shut. Oh. And he's just like a goon monster that they fight at the end. Oh. He they they reference it in Deadpool the movie. He's like one of the anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's why Deadpool and Ryan Reynolds keep ripping on Hugh Jackman. Oh. Uh, that's where the joke comes from. Okay. From X Men Origins Wolverine. 
Yeah. Uh, but yeah, last duel, totally brilliant. Good shit. Yeah, good stuff. I mean, and then my other two like four stars are Dunk and No Time to Die. Dunk uh, for the, is Dune. Yeah, the font makes it look like, <laughs> like it's done E, yeah. so it just looks like it says Dunk. Yeah, Dune's. I like Dune a lot. My, I'm, I'm reserving full judgment until Dune Part Two. Yeah. Because Dune Part One doesn't really have an ending, and yeah. I think that's sort of by design because that's the story. It's a big story they had to cut up. Yeah. Is it called Dunk Part One? Uh, yes. They, oh no, I it's think called, it's called Dune, but in the theater, it, it ends with like Dune Part One, like at the end credits, maybe. Or may, I, maybe the beginning credits is Part One. Yeah, because I know um it 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 when it came out the movie the movie yeah. it with the clown. It, it was billed as it, but then when the credits rolled, it was like, you've just seen like it chapter one. And yeah. then I remember the audience groaning like, okay, okay, sure. You know, I never know how to feel about two parter movies. Cause I don't know if I'm advocating for a four hour movie, right? Because I have constantly screamed about how much I don't want anything to be over 90 minutes. But like, if you're going to make a four hour movie, just make a four hour movie. Don't try to trick me. <laughs> it, it can be done. There are four hour movies. Yeah. I mean, I guess the real thing is that nobody will watch it, so right. you can't do that. Yeah, and like also, you know, like I mean, also like Dune is already like two hours forty, I think, so or two thirty. It's pretty long. Yeah. So you're talking, you're advocating for a five or six hour movie, which I mean, it would become more of a weird art project, but I would be into it. <laughs> but then I guess maybe it's like because they they're still filming Dunks too, right? Yeah, yeah. They just they just started announcing some of the casting. So um, if you're gonna do a two parter, I I would. I, I know the production process is hard. Maybe it's not possible, but I would prefer that they they block shoot it and, oh, and release, just back to that. release them back Like to they back. did with Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I think, yeah, their idea was Dune would be a, um, like the first Dune would be like a trial, like what they did with It. Like they released It and then it was a successful, they greenlit chapter two. Which, which worked was, out famously well. Uh, and then, so they're doing, <laughs> 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 uh, but Dune, Dune's good. I like yeah. the movie a lot. Really, uh, I mean, just like, I mean, Denis Villeneuve. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's great. Brilliant stuff. Although, uh, it's also part of a trend that I don't like of splitting books into two movies, which yeah. I, I, I dislike it more when it's a book that obviously doesn't need to be two movies, like the Harry Potter ones right. and the Twilight ones. Yeah. that I mean, that a lot of those were pretty obvious cash grabs, although yeah, but I, I do kind of dig Harry Potter 7 Part 1 yeah. because it, it has a little time to breathe. Yeah. I think that makes it more effective. Yeah, but, sure. You know, but also, I mean, I don't think... I mean, I haven't seen the, this, uh, the last two Twilights. I don't think those are as fondly remembered, but maybe yeah. they are. I don't know. And then, but with Donk is such a big ass book. I that know. It makes sense. They need to get it. I, I don't think it makes sense. It just is. A, and I, they did their best with the, the ending with the emotional moment they did yeah. in Dune. Uh, but there is sort of thing where it ended where I was like, I don't feel like fulfilled by that ending, I, which is. I didn't dislike the ending. I mean, I just like oh, I just like the ending because it has Zendaya in it. But. <laughs> I didn't. It didn't bother me as much as it did other people. Are there any three-part movies? Is there like a part one, part two, part three? Because then that feels like it. it like that feels like it fits more neatly into an act structure. Where like movie one is act one, movie two is act two. So, well, uh, I guess what's the difference between a three-part movie and a trilogy? Like, <laughs> so the Hangover series, the title they do is Hangover Part One, uh, Hangover Part Two, and Hangover Part Three. Just right. not. But those are three. those are just sequels. Those, yeah, that's just that's a trilogy. You're talking about a movie that was designed to be in three parts. Yeah, because like I, I'm, I'm guessing the way that Dunk is going to be. I mean, it seems like from the way you, you think it doesn't really have an ending, so you're guessing that if you were to take out the, you could make a cut, like a super cut of them, where there is a six hour version of this movie. I think they could. I mean, my, my basic thinking is that um, I Dune Part One is. Dune Part One is so is so impressive, but it is very open ended. So yeah. whenever I think about it, I just kind of want to see how it ends. Right, a little bit like uh, Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah, um, yeah. Although Fellowship, I think, has a little more of a, I don't know. Actually, that's a very good comparison. Now that I think of it. They yeah. both kind of end on like a, on a death, and then a now we are on this journey, and they walk off. Yeah, and it does feel like kind of not a not a complete story. Yeah. So that's that's what makes me think like that's the I guess that's the difference between part one, part two, and a sequel. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And it would just be I mean it would have to be some sort of weird indie thing, but just make a three parter where it's like <laughs> Act one is one movie, Act two is another movie, and Act three is another movie. Yeah, and you're if theoretically you would want to watch them all in one sitting. Uh, you want to hear some uh, some Dune two uh, casting news? Sure. Uh, Florence Pugh. Oh, is eyed for Princess Irulan. 
I rule. I rule. I'm, 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 I'm ruling. I rule. I ruling. She ruling. You think you ruling? I ruling. <laughs> uh, but that's a pretty big character, if I remember correctly. Oh, I haven't actually read Dune. Oh, I, I mean, she's the princess. I, I think in Dune, where they're talking about like you have this daughter who you should like marry off to to Paul. Oh, okay. Talking about the Emperor, or whatever. Yeah. I think that's Princess Irulan. Okay, cool. And like a lot, big part of the next two, next part is going to be like her and Zendaya's character, and like it gets a lot more into the the, the marriage as mm-hmm. a as a way of securing alliances yeah. like in Game of Thrones yeah. and most recorded history. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Austin Butler, the guy who's playing Elvis in the Boz Lerman Elvis movie coming out, is going to be Fade Routha, who I think is the bad guy. Oh, know. he's the one who's staying in... Uh... Well, it's fun that he's also being played by, well, not a musician, but someone who's played a musician. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Austin Butler? I told you, he's playing Elvis in Boz Lerman's Elvis. Yeah, but that's something that hasn't come out yet. Have you seen what, the trailer? What is he in now? I don't know. His face looks like Elvis's face. I don't he's know in the Carrie t- Diaries. Oh, he's Tex Watson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. There you go. That's I know him very well because I've seen him <laughs> 10 times. What a day this is for you. Oh, he hasn't switched to birth. <laughs> now you're just saying things. That's a TV show. If you say so. It's on like ABC Family or something. Yeah. Um, that's good news for you then. Someone from your favorite movie of all time. Oh, God. I, the thing is like I want to argue with you, but I'm not sure. <laughs> it's one of the nine. It's one of the nine things you like. I like more than nine things, but I have watched that. It be For a long time, I mean, now I don't do it as much because I just have no You're time. You're just busy, yeah. But it was like my comfort movie where I would just throw it on at maybe once or twice a week. I, mean, I would go to sleep to it a lot. It is great. And I funny, I thought of that. I thought of you because like I just I had a little like downtime yesterday before I was gonna go um um do something. I forgot what it was. Anyway, I just threw on Battle Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Just like I knew I was never gonna finish it, just to have it on the background. Yeah. It's just nice to have a movie that you just like the bits, but you don't have to be invested in. Although you go for a movie that's a very shaggy dog plot you can go in out of, and I went for a movie that has distinct chapters that end so I can escape. <laughs> this is like a very Josh versus Cooper approach to this. We're like, I need it to have structure and rules. <laughs> and you're just like, hey. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, it's fine because I don't care. I can leave when I want because I own this disc. And I'm yeah. like, I've watched this movie. I'm committed. Because I can watch the rest of my head on the drive over because I've seen it eight times. Um, uh, that's good. I mean, so yeah, 2021, some other stuff. I meant French Dispatch. I've talked about on the show before. Did you like Last Night in Soho? I, um, not as much as I wanted to, but I did like it. Oh, I really hated it. I, um, I think, I, I mean, I just have really high expectations for Edgar Wright because of, you know, Scott Pilgrim and the Cornetto movies. And yeah, I guess I'm not as bit, I'm not as hot an Edgar Wright as everybody else. I, I think he's bad at drama. I think he, I think he's sort of like Gordon Miller in that he lives very much in the sort of parody, but sort of real moment. He can kind of dip in and out of it. Yeah. And I think I like Sean the Dead a lot. Oh, Sean the Dead. I mean, yeah. fantastic. I think that um, Last Night in Soho is. Very impressively directed. I think it doesn't quite land all the big emotional beats by the end of it, and it and there's a big chunk of it in the middle that's like very redundant. Yeah, but it's all very it's so impressively done. It's sort of like Baby Driver, where like what he's doing technically is so impressive that it starts to actually drag the movie a little bit. Yeah, like see, I also level. very much. I, I think both. I mean, the same. I dislike Baby Driver for the same reason. I think they're just like all style, no substance. They're just kind of nothing. They have like nothing at their core if you strip away the kind of visual flair. Right. I mean, I think okay. I like. I don't know if I hundred percent agree with that much, but I do agree that I think they're in last night in Soho, like a lot of the visual stuff they're doing and, and, and baby driver, a lot of the sound editing stuff yeah. is so impressive that the movie just kind of has a lot of repetitive, like both those movies are kind of long and both yeah. the movies could be, should be kind of short. Cause one is like a lean, mean car movie. And the other one is like a, uh, you know, a, a slasher, yeah. basically, a ghost slasher. So yeah. that those are, I think the weaknesses there. I'm still excited to see whatever he does next, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, also, I don't give a he's shit. Definitely about the 60s. going for stuff. Oh, you don't give us. I like the sixties. I've seen too. I, you know, I'm but burnt out seeing a character who is like, especially like a person who's like that young and that nostalgic about the sixties. That's a real thing, though. There's a lot of like, I was born in the, war, in the wrong generation. People when oh, they're younger. I hate those people. Uh, there's a guy in my college who just like dressed up as a greaser for two years. Like you just like wore like a leather jacket and like greased his hair and shit. Nice yeah. dude. The thing is, if you dunk those, if you like plop those people in a time machine and send them back to the fifties, they will hate it because they don't have their computer, they don't have their iPod, they don't like they forget or like they don't have I don't know whatever medicine they need. <laughs> microwaves. Like, yeah, microwaves like automatic insulin pumps. Like there's all sorts of shit. Bones. Like, what bones? Bones. Oh. <laughs> they had bones in the sixties. 
<laughs> I mean, I don't have evidence of that, but you, it's one of those things you just got to assume. Yeah. Like, we don't see the bones. But that's what the, the world is implying. Yeah, I know. They actually just had very dense muscle. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like little wobbly hard meat sacks. Yeah. They're like spiders with like the like hydraulic pump things they can do. <laughs> Spider legs don't have like bones. They just like. Uh, well, they have an exoskeleton. Right. It's like there's not. Sorry, they don't have muscles. It's like the thing that they just like work more like hydraulic pumps. They push. It. I don't know. Oh, weird. Yeah, spiders are weird. I, yeah. I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering what the actual thing is, but it's spider legs are cool. <laughs> spiders are robots. You heard it here. <laughs> We're getting so far out of just we have we ran out of <laughs> topics like 15 minutes ago. Uh, that's the 2020. Okay. I'll do it quick because we, we just riffed on a lot. Yeah. Power of the Dog's great. I'm happy it's winning awards. It's not my personal favorite of the year, but I'm happy to win. Uh, West Side Story's great. Um, I just don't understand why. Why? Why West Side Story's why, great? Why West Side's... No, why Why we have it? Why, why, did, why did we do it again? Oh, why the remake? Oh, I don't know. Honestly, it's weird, but like I did really... It never... I, okay, I'll say this. They do change some, th- some things. Yeah. There I, are I some mean, I guess there. there is nobody in brown face. So right. that's good. So that's a good reason. Yeah. Uh, the direction is different because it's Spielberg. It's like yeah. very impressive camera work. Yeah, because um, I guess the original one's pretty by the numbers musical, right? It's it's a little bit more. They're doing more. I think it is a little more innovative, but it's not like what Spielberg's doing in the new one. Okay. Um, I think... Again, it got to hit the lack of brown face. That's a huge one. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a big plus. Like, that's a lot. <laughs> they do tweak some things to update it. Like, I think um, in America, the song, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe it's just called America, but they tweak some of the lyrics so she's not as, like... I think in the original, she says stuff like, they can just drop Puerto Rico in the ocean. I think in this one, she's a little softer on it. <laughs> uh, the Anita character. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't know. It's just sort of like, you can just... It, it feels... It felt different to me. It felt very powerful. I... I have not seen the original since middle school. Yeah. But I did respond very strongly to this one. And I don't think on that one as like a great classic that I love dearly. So maybe uh, it just I was going to say, also, this is a great, I mean, I think high school English teachers around America are all like rejoicing cheering. that they have a newer movie to show to their students when they don't feel like doing anything while they're doing Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's like, they're like, okay, we can show the Zeffirelli one, but that's got some boobs in, in it. it. Yeah. We could show... We could show Romeo plus Juliet, but that's pretty crazy and not that similar. Really, and people just get distracted by the boss of it all. Yeah. yeah. And then they have West Side Story, but then it's, you know, yeah, it's old. It's old. And kids don't like old and the brown stuff. face. You the know. Brown face is not also not the best. Not so good. now we got that. Yeah. You're welcome. High school English teachers. <laughs> On behalf of uh, Steven from Spielberg. From Steven Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. Not, don't don't thank us because we did nothing. <laughs> I tell you, I once saw him uh, um, like my second one of my second days of my first job in Hollywood. Um, I, it was like the, he was like the first famous person I saw. Oh, really? But he was driving by in a golf cart, and I was eating a cookie, and I didn't really like. I was like really into this cookie. It was like a really big cookie. I was like, really, I was like, oh man, like, oh. So I'm like, you know, chewing like this is great. And I look up, and it's like Spielberg, like coming down the hill in his cart, and I just like, I'm like scared. I'm, like, I just like wave, just, like, <laughs> like you knew him, <laughs> like like I knew him. It's, it's like somebody saw a raccoon <laughs> in your garbage. <laughs> It's just like mouthful of cookie, like punched over. Like I don't think like my shirt was tucked in. I'm like wearing all my college shit that doesn't fit anymore. I'm just like, again, he just like drives right by, which is what he should do. That is the correct response by Spielberg. I mean, yeah, it's actually, that's, that's a great look on him that he did not excoriate you right there. <laughs> he was on his way to stuff. Yeah. I did later see him like at more of like a we were at a DreamWorks like outdoor like food truck thing and he like walked by with some of his people. I didn't wave that time. I was just like you know I knew not to like bother him when he was like talking to like his you know, yeah. producers and stuff. That's like my moment kind of like that, which is um, I was working on a show like one a Sarah Silverman show. Yeah, and um, I I love Sarah Silverman, so I was like, yeah, excited hilarious. to be on her show. And like the one time I never really interacted with her, and the one time I finally met her, I was like restocking the kitchen, like crafting in the kitchen. She walks, she walks in the kitchen. She's like, she looks at me. And she's like, oh, I'm thinking it's like a peanut butter, peanut butter sandwich for dinner night. What about what do you think? I'm like, what? I'm just like, <laughs> what's the, I'm like, what's the answer to that? There's no answer to that. And I was like, kind of like, yeah, it sounds good. She's like, cool, and left. I was like, I was like, that's my interaction with Sarah Silverman. <laughs> And I was just like, I was just like going through it. I don't know. It was like I was in like a car accident or like I just got broken up with. I was just like going through, through it in my head. Like, how could I have done that differently? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what, right? What, what funny answer could I have had to that? 
Yeah, they always say never meet your heroes, but it's not because they're bad people. It's because you're too lame to interact with them in a meaningful way. I know, because you're just like, oh my God, my life could all change if I can convince Sarah Silverman that I'm funny right here, right now, <laughs> that she asked me a question about peanut butter. Yeah, and you're just like, Ugh. Yeah, and then you're, and it's over. <laughs> That's why it was that that Seneca quote where it's like when preparation meets opportunity, you have to have your bits, you have to have your like fun conversation bits ready on every topic, just ready to go at all moments. <laughs> okay, uh, we can move on to our uh, one of the next topics. Are we good? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, the dropout is a TV show. Oh right. Yeah. What did you think I was going to do? I just forgot that we were talking about the dropout. It, yeah, we, we mentioned it last 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 week. We or, never got to whatever, it. Last episode, last no brow, last no brow record. Yeah, and um, just as this kind of trend of these movies that are just like not even a take on current events, it just seems like it's they just like took act, they just, Yeah, they just like watched the documentary and then like shot for shot remade it with act with like better looking people. Right. It reminds me of HBO used to make these movies that were like very quick uh, responses to like political stuff. Like they did a uh, uh, recount, which like it's about right. the recount. Like, you know, they, they basically just get like high profile actors and doing, they did a uh, game change with like Sarah, uh, Julianne Moore as Sarah, as Sarah uh, Palin. Yeah, I forgot about that. They did like the confirmation with uh, um, Anita Hill played by Kerry Washington um, so they basically used to do these a lot and they were very much like not doing takes on them, like not like building stories. It's very much just sort of like, here's the stuff, here's the actors you love kind of acting through the stuff that happened. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think we're kind of seeing, we're definitely seeing a lot of like, you know, at least like real true to life miniseries happening right at this moment. Yeah. Cause I mean, I watched the first episode drop out. You watched more of it. I'm, I'm four episodes. There's four out now. I've seen the whole four. And it just feels like not, it just feels like a big... I feel like I would rather just watch a documentary about Elizabeth Holmes. There is a very good documentary about Elizabeth Holmes called The The Inventor. Yeah. Alex Gibney did it. You should check it out. Yeah, but it's like why... I just... It doesn't advocate for why I shouldn't just be watching that. Right. I, 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 would, I would agree with that. And I had very high hopes because it's actually written by um, uh, Liz Merriweather. Yeah, I saw that. I, is, am, I love Liz Merriweather. Right. Yeah. The creator of your favorite show, which is, I, I'm actually like genetically unable to ever process through my eyeballs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the new, new Girl. Yeah. It's New Girl. New Girl is a great show. Liz Merriweather is great. She also did, um, it's like Friends with Kids or Single Parents or something. Friends from College? No, no. It's, I think it's, it's about people with kids. It's, maybe it's called Single Parents. Okay. I'll, 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 I'll look it up, but you, you keep giving a take on Dropout. Yeah, well, anyway, the one thing I will say that's interesting about The Dropout is I think Amanda Seyfried is doing this kind of... She's doing a really good Single acting, parents. Single parents, yeah. Okay, cool. She's doing a really good acting job yeah. with Elizabeth Holmes because she's a very strange person in a very specific way, like in a very kind of physical way, partially. Yeah. But it's also... It's it, I it's like an it's like a type of person I've seen a lot in real life. Yeah. But not necessarily that much in movies, mm-hmm. but they're not really doing anything with that. Yeah, it's it's interesting that I think uh they are trying to humanize her a little bit, but it only in a way that does feel true to like the documentary stuff that I've seen that she the, the take seems to be that Elizabeth Holmes did start the company Theranos with the believing she could like do good and that it would be successful and it yeah. would work. And then as soon as it became apparent, which was very early that like her technology didn't work and yeah. it was not going to work for years. It was on like such a rocket ship and she was so good at selling it that like she was just happy or not happy to, but like, thought it was just acceptable to defraud everyone constantly. Yeah. Or fraud. I don't know. She, she broke laws. Yeah. She, she got sentenced. My hot take is that based on what little I know of venture capitalism, that it just doesn't seem that different from how a normal <laughs> venture capital, like whatever, a normal yeah. venture works. Which is that you kind of have a product that maybe it works to some degree that is usually not a hundred percent, and you're hard selling it, and you're getting a lot of donations in order to finish making it. Exactly. I think the problem they had with this one was that they were often lying about what they had, yeah, and whether or not how far along they were. Um, there's a lot of other weird stuff behind the scenes, but the big one is that it's a uh, they went into like human trials really fast. Right. Like they, they were putting the Theranos machine in stores, in Walgreens stores, knowing it was non-functional. And uh, that which meant they were messing with p- patients' health. And you should just call it a supplement because then you can put non-functional things in stores all you want. <laughs> you can have... You can yeah, have, they're not like you FDA. You can have any sort of non-functioning vitamin powder in a Walgreens as yeah. long as you say it's a supplement. I mean, that's the line. Like, look, if you have an app that's gonna do X and you raise a bunch of money and you fuck with your investors and it doesn't do anything. Like, I don't really care about that. Uh, if you, uh, I mean, I, I would, if I invested in it, but the fact that it was about like 
patients and patients' health, and like it was this whole noble. Th- and also, she did lie I, about a actually, whole bunch of shit. Wait, no, all right, all right. I don't agree with that because like, did it, this, how is this different from like Goop? Like Goop just has a bunch of shit that they sell that they make wild claims about its effectiveness, and then because these were patients who were like already like sick, there were people like the idea is they were going to a, a, a clinic to like get blood work done because they need to because they were like at one point they did a trial on cancer patients. Yeah, this is more a uh, this is more a criticism of Goop than it is a, uh, a defense of Theranos. Defense of Theranos. <laughs> I will, let me. I like to say, I like to say that I think that there are more companies that we should give the Theranos treatment. Right, because wellness culture Namely, in general is wellness culture, culture is the yeah. worst, and I hate it. And people should have to actually like prove that they can do, like do fulfill things. medical claims. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the the weird thing is like, what's the line? What is a medical claim? Like, if you say like, if you have like, you know, what Theranos is doing is like, if you get the blood drawn, we will tell you you have one of these seventy diseases or not. And they were not doing that. Yeah. Whereas, you know, like I think the line is like the way that a lot of this wellness culture gets away with is it's like, oh, when I I'm like when I take zinc. Yeah, uh, like multivitamins. Multivitamins do nothing, famously. <laughs> I do take a multivitamin. Yeah, I mean, I it know, does nothing. It's it useless for you. I, I mean, we always talk about the idea is that like it's just sort of like, uh, what are you talking? About? No, so it's more really just like you say like, okay, like I take zinc and I that makes me feel better, so you should all take zinc. It's like that's like kind of hard to argue with if you're like. You know, so if you well, say the, like, way, why, the way you would argue no, legally, that legally. is with a double blind test. No, no, no I mean yeah. legally, you can't. You know, if you like go after an influencer, right, right. I see what you're saying. Yes. You know, you can't be like, are you like making ma- false medical claims? They're like, oh well, no, no, I'm just saying I take zinc and I feel better. You know, so I think my followers should feel like that's why it's tricky yeah. to regulate. That's all I'm saying. I know, yeah, we're and we're rapidly approaching territory that we're not qualified enough to talk <laughs> right, about. Right, exactly. But I don't know. I think it's like making claims. I guess a lot of it's how you advertise it. Yeah, it, it, it's but there is a lot of like really like people pushing harmful stuff, especially on like Instagram. Yeah, with like flat tummy teas and stuff. Yeah, which is just laxatives. It's those those people, are, those models are all just pooping a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like here's our take, <laughs> which is. That's funny. funny. Here's, here's our take that, that I think we can agree on. Uh, let talk to a doctor for yeah. medical stuff. Yeah. If you have questions about medical stuff, talk to a doctor. Don't talk to Gwen Paltrow. And don't listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, I'm not advocating any sort of supplement. Me neither. I'm not. I'm very much one. Like, this is not a Joe. Like, we are not coming out here telling you anything. We're except like, that. We're th- <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> no, I'm just like, talk to your fucking doctor if you have medical questions. And I, the only thing I support medically is talking to your doctor. Yeah. We're we're the end. We're the opposite of Joe Rogan. Where he's like, I'm just saying stuff. We're like, we're not saying anything. We are very <laughs> we much have, not. We're not advocating for any product, and we have no opinions on any of this other than that it's all dumb <laughs> what if the first advertisers we get on the pod are like all like just like really sketchy supplements i would immediately <laughs> say yes and change my mind on it because i want money we do this whole rant and then suddenly be like but the exception is they're zinc you're like we really like your like real attitude and we want you to sell it to, we want you to advertise for goop we're like god damn, damn it, it. <laughs> give me give me the money i know i'd sell out so fucking hard if anyone yeah to dude. buy in I'll put one of those jade eggs up my butt if they're gonna like <laughs> give me enough money to quit my job. Uh, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, uh, let's just do some recs and get yeah. out of here. What if uh, Cooper recommend a thing for the peeps? I'm recommending Fritz the Cat. Okay, tell us what Fritz it's the Cat is. It's a Ralph Bakshi animated film. It's uh, it's it's the maybe the first NC seventeen. I guess at the time is rated X animated movie. Um, it's really, yeah, it's, it's, it's a rated X animated movie. It's really insane. It's really not going to be for everybody, but Ralph Bakshi is a beautiful animator. He does a lot of very interesting stuff and it's kind of like a, a lot of it's a kind of a criticism of sixties hippie culture. And, um, I don't know. It's just really good and really interesting. And Fritz is an interesting character. I think he comes from an R. Crumb comic. That makes sense. I mean, I'll be honest. I love R. Crumb too. Bakshi, I kind of, I don't know. I'm like mixed. I mean, I grew up watching like some of the Lord of the Rings ones he did, which yeah. I thought were kind of like weird and cool. And then like I watched like Lord of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, and I'm like, okay, that's that's what Lord of the Rings is now. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, like I remember watching the Lord of the Rings animated ones as a kid, or like the Hobbit one. Yeah, the Hobbit. Oh, the Hobbit ones the one I watched all the time. Yeah, yeah. And then um, 
Uh, I don't. I mean, I've seen Fire and Ice, yeah, which is Fire like weird oh, as hell. Yeah, I've seen. And then there's like the heavy, his bits of heavy metal, which are oh yeah, you're he right. probably has the best sequences on heavy metal. It, it, normally, the one that gets parodied in the South Park episode about cheesing, right? Yeah. Which is maybe my favorite episode <laughs> at South Park. I I think that movie that 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 episode is like very funny, but I think it's kind of I think there's like other there's better or funnier episodes. But like that that episode is one joke that's just heavy metal. I, I know, but it's so funny. I also think that. It, you know, it came out when I was like a senior in high school. It's like I just like have a very specific memory of watching that, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's just my. It's still my favorite South Park episode. I watched it recently. It holds up. It's it, great. It, it also really looks good. great. Oh yeah, it, it's a very good parody yeah. of heavy metal. Heavy metal itself, kind of a mixed bag. Yeah, yeah. I I remember getting high and watching uh, heavy metal in college and being all excited and like talking it up and be like, oh, this crazy trippy movie. And then like it's kind of not. Yeah, it's like I, I kind of did that by myself where I was like, I'm ready for this to be my new favorite thing, and it's not. Yeah, really. I never really. I guess I get why a lot of filmmakers really respond to it because it's it's you know it's heavy metal, it's cars, it's it's you know, like animated yeah. chicks, it's it's freaking I don't know guitars and cars. I don't know it's whatever. Yeah. But like. And if you you saw that as a child. Oh yeah, or even a teenager, especially. Yeah. But like, I it's I I think it doesn't hold up a lot. Not even because it's problematic, just because it can just not. Good. Yeah, like the the writing is like mostly not great, and then the an, even the animation is only good in a couple of them. Yeah, I mean, I will say we did get Love, Death, and Robots out of it because yeah. that started out as a um, as a heavy metal like remake, and then it just became what it is. And that's a show I do really appreciate uh, yeah. quite a bit. Um, my recommendation is a graphic novel. It's called, uh, Batman, the world, Batman colon the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually recommended to me, not personally, but on, uh, I'm on, Kare- I subscribed to Kareem Abdul Jabbar's, uh, Substack, like his, uh, newsletter. Okay. And he does like uh, recommendations like every once in a while, just like what to read, what to do. And he recommended this. I'm like, that's kind of cool. Uh, it is like these very short chapters, uh, of Batman in different cities around the world. So like there's huh. one, you know, Batman in Paris, Batman in Mexico City, Batman in, you know, in, in oh, Russia. That's fun. But each one is done, they're all self-contained and each one is done by a a, a team, a writer and artist from that country. Oh, that's cool. And so uh it's really really cool, really interesting. Like the art styles are I mean like the obvious ones like the the one from Japan is all done in a manga style. Yeah. And but like it kind of goes like that for every country. And you tell these stories that are very unique to different cultures um, that I'll call Batman, who's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, the one that got to me was like the one from Russia. Yeah. Because the one from Russia is kind of all about how art can like bridge the divide between countries. Mm-hmm. And like it's about like a guy who grew up like reading, knowing like who like got a Batman Pez dispenser basically or pen. Yeah. And never knew what Batman like was. Huh. And then like, all his friends were like debate like what Batman was, and like yeah. he was just like I know he's someone who saves people, huh. and like how growing up and seeing him like affected him and stuff, That's and cool. like that was really sad to read because yeah. like Russia's basically becoming a rogue nation at this point. Yeah, uh, like things have been pretty bad. Yeah, um, in, involving all that, so uh, that was pretty emotional. But it's a really cool read, very unique. Even if you're not like a huge superhero person, I think it's like a very interesting. It's all like very small, quick, smart ideas. And nice. even the ones, and if there's one that doesn't work for you, it's like, they're all like six pages. So sounds good. Very cool stuff. Cool. Um, rate, review, subscribe, follow, follow on HBLB podcast and share. Tell people we exist. Tell them to listen to us. Uh, Start your own podcast that is just telling people about our podcast. Yeah, but like, don't be more successful than us. Well, if they're no, if they're successful, if they're, gonna, if they're successful, then their well, only content is telling people to listen to our podcast. And we that's, must be successful. That's good too. for us. You're yeah. right. Okay, forget that last thing I said. But listen to all the other stuff. I, although it would be really demoralizing if they became very successful and it didn't. We didn't get a bump at all. <laughs> oh, and it's just them saying, "Listen, listen to them, listen to them," and yeah, just just somehow like, the way he says it is just so compelling. <laughs> I don't care about this other podcast. And it's just hosted by our enemies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. Goodbye forever. forever.